Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. As we fire up the second year of Album for the Day, we do a little pivot. Mm. We've been doing a different album every day uh, for a year. Mm -hmm. And um, so there's 360 (laughs) something of those for you if you want to go check those out. Um, We're going to be focusing still on albums But in the context of the people who are on the albums and the contributors who made the albums what they were. And I think that's really what breaks down the whole music scene of what we're doing here is just it really gets the backstory of who the people are creating the music that we've grown to love over the years. We've found a bunch of new people that we get to talk about, which is exciting for me. People I didn't even know who were on some of the most fantastic albums ever played. And you know the music, and you've heard it, and... Now it's time to get to know the artists. Yeah. Album for the day. Today we get into quite the... I saw him referred to as a renaissance man, and I think that's a pretty fair... That's fair. That's a fair assessment of this grand scope that this man has had in the music industry in a variety of music industries, for that matter. Um, hmm. Michael O'Mardian. Mm-hmm. And if you know, you know. If you don't, let us just tell you. So, interestingly enough, um, he went from secular music to Christian music with enormous success in both. Yeah. Um, Singer, songwriter, arranger, uh, keyboardist, music producer. Um, He has produced number one records in three decades, uh, 11 Grammy nominations, three wins, all from, no, I'm sorry, four wins, three from one album. Um. Yeah, um, he has produced albums uh, from Clint Black, Michael Bolton, the one, the only, the legend, Dolly Parton, uh, Steve Camp, Peter Cetera, Christopher Cross, which is where three of those we'll Grammy wins. We'll get into that in a second. Amy Grant, Heart in Motion, which I know Everybody just when as soon as I said Amy Grant, they all went, baby, baby. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Their heart was in motion as soon as you said it. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Whitney Houston, The Imperials, Reba McIntyre, Rod Stewart, Donna Ford Summer, Larnell Harris, Point of Grace, Steely Dan. Oh, another one we're we gonna forget. yes we're gonna get we're into gonna Steely get into Dan. That one too. Yeah, and Trisha Yearwood. Yeah, it, he basically the dude. Kenny Loggins. Yeah. We'll get into that, too. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, Peter Cetera. That's a... Peter Cetera has just really been uh, around the Thanksgiving table. I'd just like to point that out. Yeah, well, he... Quite the varied... Uh, especially if that album, or if that table was in Chicago. Hmm. <laughs> that was the stupidest thing I've said in a while. That really was. You know what? Uh, you know what's stupider is what I just pictured. More was, stupid, please. 
Exactly. <laughs> like like Drew Carey show. You remember how they had the pool table oh, outside? Yeah, yeah. So I thought about the pool, or I thought about that Thanksgiving table on mm. Soldier Field. Hmm, there it is. That was there stupider. It there it is. It's the stupider. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so Michael Amartian, um, you know, he's one of those guys who who sat back and made a name for himself with somebody who Christopher Cross is where he got his name. Like that's where he really, in my opinion, where he became the legend that he is because me and Johnny were talking a few minutes ago. Johnny's telling me the story about how, uh, Christopher Cross had been mailing in these albums and all the executives were like, uh, here comes Christopher Cross sending us another one. But he was the new guy, and yeah. they were doing this meeting, and he was like, mmm, that, that is, is a tasty <laughs> burger. <laughs> and they're like, you, you got any beverage? I can wash that down. And they're like, uh, you like this? And he's not afraid to say, yeah, he's I like, like this. I like it. And that is what the music industry needs right now is balls on people. And and music companies willing to say, you know what? You like it, you produce it. You go out and you make this as good as you can. That's what he was told. I mean, the big boss saw he had the passion for it, was like, please, go. And he won that. three Grammys and brought that music in, brought that company a truck of money. A truck. And, uh, you know, they rode like the wind to the next album. He oh. did three albums. Cause for- I ride like the wind. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not, and to me, that's one of those songs that I'm like, I hear it and I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I'm not like a huge fan of it, but there are millions of people who love that this. song. It's in the, it's, there's an Christoph- animated movie called Sing, mm-hmm. and that's in that movie oh, yeah. as an inner, like, yeah. It's I cool. think Christopher Cross is kind of like Eric Carmen. The people that do like him are so into it, man. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome, man. When you can, because that's the whole point of, you know, trying to share your art with people is to get them to respond to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. And if you're responding at a escalated level, that's even better. Exactly. Doesn't matter that there's only five of you out there. And I'm just messing around, like, Way more people go to, uh, yeah, thousands. I'm just saying, if there were only five, yeah, damn it, they'd be the loudest five you ever heard. <laughs> yeah, they would. Peaceful music, loud yeah. personalities, and we also we cannot escape. Like to me, this is one of the coolest thing about this guy's entire career, and this says a lot because he's had an amazing career. But uh, Michael Amardian played the accordion on Billy Joel's song The Piano Man. Yeah. I, I mean... That's it. How cool. I mean, like, just to be like, so, um, what have you done in your life? Well, I played the accordion on Piano Man. Okay, you can come into heaven. <laughs> all That's right. all we need. Come on in. Come, come on. on in. <laughs> Did you bring the accordion? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, he had a solo career as well, which is interesting. Um, 
pretty much they're all out of print so like they're massive collector's items mm-hmm. um but it's very captivating music i definitely think it captures a moment mm-hmm. um but i think that in addition to that moment there is some universal uh, enormous universal value um he's done some collaborations with his wife stormy which is neat that's the coolest name ever also right and it's not with a y either it's with an ie stormy omardian i I mean yeah that's the coolest name ever bro i mean i guess you's the only one that's missing Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm valuable um I, i also told jay that one of my favorite things was that he was in Rhythm Heritage, which was a disco band mm-hmm. that had a number one Hot 100 hit with the theme from SWAT, the TV show. It's amazing. And just, I'd heard it a million times. And it sold over a million copies of a theme song. I, that's amazing to me. There's very few people that have done that. I think Barry White did it as well. but um, Or maybe I not bet, a... No, it wouldn't be... Um, <clears throat> Chef Isaac Hayes that's Shaft it. That's it Yeah Well Barry White With the Love Unlimited Shaft Orchestra Chef. But that wasn't Actually on the soundtrack Yeah Chef I know that was ridiculous so I'm, sorry, I, I'm, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry Isaac I'm sorry Isaac Hayes You deserve better You're gonna have to Cut the chocolate Salty balls Yeah up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No. Uh, my favorite part of uh, Michael Omardian's career is his work with Steely Dan. Uh, I have to, I have to go there. And first. I've got to say, to hear him talk about it, it definitely was a highlight for him as well. Um, he was very observant, and that was a very interesting scene to be in. Well, think about those players, man. These yeah. are these are some dudes that they don't you don't get asked to play on many Steely Dan records. You get you like you get in, you brought you bring the hot sauce and then we change the band because we want a different sound. Bro, if you don't have a seven-figure net worth, you don't get into some poker games. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Yeah, and, and Steely he the credibility, and and he played on three. He played different, on Katie Lied, Pretzel Logic, and Asia, which are the three best albums in my humble personal opinion. I would have a difficult time arguing against that. Those those are fantastic. Yeah, Pretzel Logic's my favorite, and to know that he was a part of that is amazing. Um, he said that he and Donald Fagan had yeah. like this running joke where can't buy a thrill. Uh, mm, I'm I hate not to... gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, no, they're three. They're definitely the three best. You're right. I mean, do we have to bring it into the Michael McDonald? No, we do not. Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> that answered that question. No, we do not. And um, so 
I think that he's just been a part of such a wide ver- I mean, he's done stuff with Jerry Garcia. Yeah. Um, he's a huge classical fan. Um, but, you know, he said that, uh, you know, he's seen a variety of different sides and that, you know, his mentor, um, Peter Barry, I believe he said his name was, um, kind of taught him what to listen for in music that gives it like a universal appeal and not just like an appeal to you personally mm. and that's powerful you know, to separate yourself from getting wrapped up in it yourself and be like, am I in the 2% or the 98% here? Mm. And that's a rough thing to figure out because music provokes an emotion in everybody. Yeah. And it's and a very personal thing. It is very subjective. And so to try and harness that, you know, like you're doing in the room with the cassettes and Wednesday morning, like that's, that seems kind of trite, but I mean, when you think about the volume of submissions, Oh yeah. You got, you got you, your chance. Yeah. You got 10 seconds to, you know, you got to start off. It sounds to me like wowing. Christopher Cross is lucky that they even kept the other ones. Yeah. Because if it weren't, if they didn't hadn't kept them, well, the they, it, they may like, not have the same kind of deal. So he hits up Christopher Cross and is like, hey, man, and he's all stoked and stuff. And he's like, yeah, let's make a record. And Christopher Cross was not stoked at all. Wow. He was like, I don't know this guy. Like, you know, well, whatever, he, man. It, well, he, I bet he felt like they sent the B team in to pick him up. No, he had no idea that other than him, nobody, nobody else was really on board. Oh, wow. And so That's somebody hit him back up and was like, Hey man, this dude worked on Steely Dan, and he was like, "Ooh, Steely Dan," and jumped Steely on board. <laughs> that kind of makes Christopher Cross look even worse, doesn't it? But God. at the same time, like, I mean, to use that as a stamp of credibility, I respect that. Well, and yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny because he totally told that story in an interview I listened to, and uh, it's just so funny. Like, it came down to. That one thing. Yeah. Like, oh, Donald Fagan said okay. Okay. You know, maybe the world doesn't need balls. Maybe they need Steely Dan. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Put it in. Turn it on. Do it again. <laughs> Dirty work. <laughs> there. Now you, there got you, you go. can't buy a freaking thrill. There you go, kid. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now we've done it. So he actually did the soundtrack to Young Frankenstein, too. You didn't bring that up, and I know you're I, a fan. I was going to. Um, you beat me to the punch. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. That's great. No, it's one of those things where um, there's a lot of times that musicians and producers and people behind the scenes really bring something to life. And I feel like that's something that's very overlooked. We actually did a whole thing about soundtracks and whatever. And I feel like this is something that's so overlooked in a lot of movies where it's just like, how much did that soundtrack bring? Man, I'm just going to run down the list of some of the soundtracks that he was a part of. Yeah. Um, He was a part of the soundtracks for Young Frankenstein Mm -hmm. uh, about last night. The Karate Kid Part 2. Ooh. Serafina, The Sound of Freedom. Maverick. Ooh. The Birdcage. 
I mean, what a wide angel eyes. Yeah. Uh, such a wide variety of different movies. Maverick was such a good movie. It was. You know what I thought was the funniest about him doing Maverick was uh, he squeezed that in in between a Steve Camp and Gary Chapman. <laughs> That's perfect. Immediately sandwiched by First Call and Kathy Tricoli, and right before that, Amy Grant's House of Love. Oh, wow. So, man, he was on a roll. He was like, come on, Maverick, let's roll them. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Wow. But it would be remiss not to bring up what was kind of a pivotal thing for him because he told Loggins and Messina that he toured with for a year. Um, sorry, guys. I'm going to be a session musician. I'm not super keen on touring. Um, instead of being, you know, in the spotlight and stuff, I actually like being the facilitator Ooh. of. These are his words. I heard him say, I like being the facilitator of those with the drive and the vision. And I'm like, man, you are the mentor of mentors. And think about session musicians. You're playing with different badasses. The man played with Barbara Streisand one day and somebody completely different the next. Probably Whitney Houston. Probably. Because I know he played with her. Indeed. (laughs) But he... He got in um, to a session with Hal Blaine, who we've oh, also talked man. about. Hal Blaine's a badass. And One of the best remember, drummers of all time, man. And I remember also, quick side note, we've talked about how these great people, it's not just their musical ability. It's their ability to get along with others. And that literally came out of his mouth. He said the ability to get along with others. Can you imagine thinking you would have a career going to meld with all of these different people? And he listed a couple of unnamed examples. Like, he didn't name them. But he told the story, and it was like, gosh, man. Like, he told the story about this dude that lasted, like, I don't know, six weeks. Oh. Something like that. Two days. And he cut it off because it was just like... No, if you're not going to work. Nobody could work with it. Yeah, if you can't work together, you ain't going to work. He was so opinionated and thought he was so right. And, you know, that's not going to get you collaboration. People don't want to collaborate with you when you're not. So, like, Hal Blaine just saw in between the lines and immediately was just like, boom, this is my guy. he goes in and he's, he's recording his first thing. He knows who's going to be there. He's scared, scared, shaking. He said he was shaking when he went into the room. Um, and he laid down what he laid down. And he said, Hal Blaine looked at him and said, I got to get your number. You made it right there. You made it. Bro. Hal Blaine is a dude who played 30,000 sessions. I mean, the dude is like... He had a he had seven bookings a day basically. The Pretty dude much. was yeah. The dude was just all over it. All over it. If he's like, I need your number. Let's work this out, dude. You're booked. And so all those things that the Wrecking Crew was doing for ABC Dunhill with the Mamas and Papas and all of that stuff. Wow. That was the same guy, Peter Barry, that taught him how to listen to yeah really <laughs> quality commercial stuff. For being that man and then and he went right into christopher cross through that i mean there That's was cool. a little stretch there i think he did it with another company in between yeah 
Um, and that obviously, you know, we'll call it training wheels in a non-disrespectful way. Oh, everybody's got to put their training wheels. You know, the, the other interviewer actually, you know, said, but you didn't have any experience with that. And he was like, yeah, but that's the way it was, you know, Mm -hmm. you you do it. And if that's how you learn, if you're good at it, then you keep doing it. And if you're not. You don't keep doing it. We'll see you in. The, we'll see you at Burger King. Might be your choice. <laughs> might be someone else's choice. But Damn. you won't be doing it for long if you're not good at it. Awesome. Great story to uh, wrap that up. That was awesome. Uh, today's uh, album for the day artist uh, is Michael Omardian. Uh, great dude. Great producer. Great uh, player. Um, and uh, yeah, if uh, if you've got any requests, if somebody you'd like to hear some stories about, send us an email to album. Uh, for the day at gmail.com follow us on twitter uh, at uh, album for the day Uh, follow subscribe wherever you listen to us and um, yeah thanks for listening and we will see you when we see you I am a man who will fight for your honor. I'll be the hero that you're dreaming of call it forever Knowing together that we did it all for the glory of love. All right, baby, baby. Yeah, Karate Kid deuces. Deuces. (laughs) Mr. Miyagi. After starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit add to cue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woo-hoo!